Welcome to Anchor Point, where we believe that the next 30 minutes could change your life forever. So join us to consider the greatest message ever heard, the good news of the gospel, as well as sound scriptural teaching for believers, all based on the Word of God, the anchor for our souls. Living in a troubled world as we do, and having to face so many perplexing issues that often come our way, it is little wonder that Christians can become discouraged and cast down as we go through life here below. But what a tremendous comfort is provided to us by the Word of God. Yes, comfort, rest, and assurance can be found in so many places in God's Word. Today, evangelist and teacher Mr. Philip Coulson takes us through a delightful psalm, Psalm 46. God is our refuge and strength, a very present help in trouble, therefore will not we fear. What wonderful words to soothe the troubled heart. Mr. Colson opens up for us each of the eleven verses of this lovely psalm, and directs our hearts to the peace of God that can overrule, in the storm, in the sanctuary, and in the soul. Psalm number 46. It is divided very simply and easily into three sections, and the sections are clearly marked by the fact that at the end of each one we have the word sila. Pause, reflect, consider the things that we have read. The background to the psalm is the threatened invasion by the king of Assyria. The people of God can virtually hear the rattle of the chariot wheels. He has a vast army, they themselves are weakened. It seems that nothing but nothing can prevent their annihilation. The people of God under the leadership of Hezekiah are cast upon the Lord. There are those like Rabshikeh and Sennacherib who mock them and who say to them, now don't you let Hezekiah tell you for one moment that your God can deliver you. Oh, no way. No, no, you're going to be taken up. And you know, there would be a lot of parallels, I think, sometimes in the way that those people were thinking in those days, and the way that the people of God can think today. Let's ever remember what is said of the Lord in Psalm 103, verse 19 is it. God has established his throne in the heavens, and his kingdom ruleth over all. We want, with the Lord's help, just as we look through this lovely psalm, just to straighten our backs a little bit, shall we say, just to put a little bit of verve back into those muscles. And just to remember that by grace, we serve the living God. And things are under the control of heaven. They're not much under the control of men. And all around, we can see the institutions of men falling apart. But we're not so much concerned about that. They may well affect the Lord's people. But while these things may affect the Lord's people, it's good to look above and see, as we would often sing with the children, God is still on the throne. So with that background, let's just read the first section of Psalm 46. The first three verses say, God is our refuge and strength, a very present help in trouble. Therefore will not we fear. Though the earth be removed, and though the mountains be carried into the midst of the sea, though the waters thereof roar and be troubled, though the mountains shake with the swelling thereof, Selah. 
Pause. Meditate upon that. Lovely words. Perhaps we would be impressed by the poetry of them. What about the reality of them? Therefore, will not we fear. And there were no small things to be afraid of. The way the psalmist expresses them is the earth being removed and the mountains carried into the midst of the sea. Everything that appears to be most stable is on the move. Things which it seemed were impossible to fail are now found to be flawed. And in circumstances like that, is it possible to say sensibly and with reality, therefore, will not we fear? It is possible if we know in the depth of the heart that God is our place of trust and God is our strength. Who knows but the day may be coming very rapidly when the people of God will have to learn to put into practice the things that we have professed to believe for many a year. Things which we thought were really unalterable. I look back in my own country, and uh, I'm obviously not an old man. Neither am I anymore a young man, perhaps. But just lived long enough to wonder that I would never have seen a day in my own country when to preach the gospel would be prohibited when police officers would threaten to arrest lest you should cause a breach of the peace. It's come in like a whirlwind. Is it possible to think that one day we would be faced with open persecution for naming the name of Christ? It seemed unthinkable, but it's not now. It's not now. Though the mountains be cast into the midst of the sea, it is possible for us to say, therefore will not we fear God is our refuge. It is possible to know peace in the storm. That's what the writer is speaking to us of in these first three verses, isn't it? Peace in the storm. Peace which really transcends anything natural. We might say anything sensible. It is possible for the people of God to display a dignified serenity and peace in the storm because God is our refuge and strength. But it's not just that we would seek with words and almost as a, I don't know, a coach might seek to encourage a team that has got so used to losing. That's not the thought, is it? What's the secret of peace in the storm? Well, the psalmist goes on, and in verses 4 through 7, again finishing with the little word, Selah, he's going to show us that the secret of true peace in the storm, whether it's national, whether it's in the assembly, whether it's in the family, whether it's individual. A secret to peace in the storm is found in this middle section where he speaks about peace in the sanctuary. Verse 4, There is a river, the streams whereof shall make glad the city of God, the holy place of the tabernacles of the Most High. God is in the midst of her. She shall not be moved. God shall help her, and that right early. The heathen raged, the kingdoms were moved. He, that is God, uttered his voice, the earth melted. The heathen might rage and the kingdoms might be moved, but God utters his voice and the earth melts. The Lord of hosts is with us. The God of Jacob is our refuge. Selah. I suppose in a way this would be reminiscent of the 29th Psalm. You know that Psalm. It's a thrilling Psalm, really, where the writer is sitting there, David, he's sitting there, as it were, on the mountains, 
of Israel and he's looking out westward over the Mediterranean Sea and he's watching that great storm gather over the water and he watches as that storm moves around toward the north and then it comes in from the north over the mountains of Israel such a strong storm that the very cedars of Lebanon are caused to skip like young calves and in all of these things seven times over isn't it he speaks about the fact of the voice of the Lord he sees in the power and the strength of this storm the Lord speaking it's a voice that can just smash the trees and it can cause the hinds to carve it's a voice that is irresistible in its strength and then suddenly he just changes the subject as he has been graphically describing the strength of that mighty storm coming around and down through the mountains of Israel and then he just suddenly turns his mind to the sanctuary Ah, he says there's a voice in the sanctuary as well and every whit of it uttereth his glory it's as though he suddenly goes from the crashing sounds of the wind and the waves to the beautiful stillness and the quietness of the sanctuary of God and he says yes there's a voice there as well a voice that utters his glory and what's the solution when we are caught up and troubled by the waves and the buffeting of the storms that beset men in a day like this it's not to bury our heads in the sand it's not just to batten down the hatches and pray more than ever that the Lord will come soon and deliver us from it but rather to retreat into the sanctuary in Psalm 73 the writer troubled by the wickedness on every hand and coming up with that perennial cry why do the wicked prosper why do the righteous suffer why do the wicked prosper Ah, he troubled himself with this until he said until I went into the sanctuary then understood I their end he said I went into the sanctuary of God and there in the quietness and the stillness of the place where God is in the midst there where that river is running through not now a mighty sea crashing but a gentle river no salt in the river there's no bitterness there it's a scene of refreshment a scene of stillness everything there is to delight in that strong city of God with the river of refreshment and God in the midst of her he said I just settled down there for a while and when I settled there the sanctuary gave me back my perspective that's where I could begin to see again the things that really are stable the things that can never be moved the things concerning our God the things concerning his purpose and yes the ways and the institutions and the things of men might all tremble and crumble around us and yes dear Saints of God can often be hurt in various ways in that process but we're not to be overwhelmed by that it's a good thing just to get back into the sanctuary of God just let God put perspective again upon these things just to retreat into the Word of God and just be assured again in our souls that God is in the midst of her are all those things out there being moved yes they are but says the psalmist I came into the sanctuary and she shall not be moved this is something immovable this is something stable this is something sure and dear Saints of God it's something real it's something real it's something real in a day when men's hearts are failing them for fear one way or another the Saints of God should be a people marked by holy serene dignity we don't fear as the ungodly fear we know who's on the throne and as we come into the sanctuary we know that God is in the midst of her God shall help her that is his beleaguered people 
The city's at the very center of it all. Is this city going to be overthrown? Is it all going to be dashed down? Ah, no. God shall help her. The author, I says, and that right early. But there's a lovely alternative translation that simply says, God shall help her just at the break of dawn. Just at the break of dawn. Everything under perfect divine control. Maybe, dear saints, here tonight, we're very good at putting on a calm external appearance, aren't we? Don't want to wear our hearts on our sleeve all the time. But there's maybe, dear believers, and there's a storm in the soul. A storm in the family, maybe. Things in the workplace stormy. Things that perhaps you just don't want or cannot feel to share with even the closest of the Lord's people. The hymn writer puts it like this, doesn't he? Shut in with thee, far, far above the restless world that wars below. We seek to learn and prove thy love. And how true it is that just being shut in for a little while, it restores perspective, it restores strength. Peace in the storm is possible in the strength of the peace of the sanctuary. But then there's a third section to the psalm. Once again, this section will end with the lovely truth, the Lord of hosts is with us. But then he says in verse number eight, come, behold the works of the Lord. That's a good thing to do, isn't it? Remember when Isaiah said that to the people, when again they were so, so afraid of being overrun and so afraid of this Assyrian horde that were coming down upon them. And Isaiah says to the people, he says, lift up your eyes and look, just look. Look into the heavens. Who made them? Who has meted out the heavens with a span? Who is it who has just molded the hills? Who is it who can take them and weigh them in his balance? Who is it that treats the nations of this earth as the small dust of the balance? The thought is there really of someone like the apothecary, the pharmacist. He's got things to weigh in his scales. And he's about to weigh them, and he looks into the scale pan, and there's a little bit of dust, and he just picks up the pan, and he just blows it away. The nations are like that in the sight of the God in whom is our trust. And sometimes we can look and we get occupied with the power of the Taliban, and the power of terrorism, and the power of this, and the power of that. Oh, dear saints of God, let's lift up our eyes. Let's lift up our eyes and see the might and the strength and the power of the one who has made all these things. And yet the wonderful thing is, again, we could go back to the psalmist, an unknown psalmist this time in Psalm 116. And even as he contemplates a God so powerful, so strong that all these things are under his control, yet he can lift his heart and say, I love the Lord. I love the Lord. And we might say to him, why? Tell us why you love the Lord. And he said, because he has inclined his ear, the God of the macro, the God of the great universe, the God who can simply speak, and he made the stars also. Hasn't changed. He hasn't changed. The Lord of hosts is with us, with his people. And the God of the macro is the God who in wonderful grace inclined his ear and heard my cry. And he hears tonight, doesn't he, dear saints of God? The Lord of hosts is with us. Therefore, we will not fear. As God gives us help, as the Spirit of God would enable us, let's seek to take our minds and our eyes off the troubles of this age. Not that we want to be 
ignorant of them or dismissive of them, but just for a moment, let's lift our eyes and consider the works of the Lord. The desolations that he has made in the earth, he makes wars to cease unto the end of the earth. He breaks the bow, cuts the spear in sunder, he burneth the chariot in the fire. There will come a day when all these things will be finished. And there will come a day when the Prince of Peace, whom the world has rejected, when the Prince of Peace will rule in righteousness and peace. Peace will cover the earth. And all these machines of warfare and all the disturbance and all the tumult of the waters of men's politics, it will all be settled when he whose right it is to rule and to reign ascends the hill of Zion. All under control. If anything, you know, we should be excited. We should be thrilled to see that the faster that wheel is coming off of the world's own government and its own economy and its own military system and, and in every way we look at this world today, morally, spiritually, ecologically, economically, whatever way you want to look at it, any sensible person would say it cannot go on like this for much longer. There has to be a crisis and there has to be a crisis. Amen. And that crisis begins with us being taken home to heaven. What a thrill to think that we may well be that generation of whom the Scripture said, and those which were alive and remain unto the coming of the Lord. I hope you believe he's coming. I hope deep in your heart you believe he's coming. And it could well be tonight. And everything around us would seem to indicate that things are far out of the control of men, but everything is under the control of the throne of heaven. Look where the real source of this peace comes from. Peace in the storm, yes, possible. Peace in the sanctuary, that's a precious thing. But ultimately it will come from peace in the soul. Just look at verse 10, please. Be still. Here's a word from the Lord for you and for me tonight. Be still and know that I am God. Be still. Away from the things that have occupied us. And we can just, for a little while, be still. Be still and know that I am God. There's a delightful alternative translation to this. I think it's the translation of the dear lady called Helen Spurrell, a Jewess who was saved and then translated the Hebrew Scriptures in a very beautiful way, very accurate way too. I think it's that lady's translation that puts it like this. Be silent before thy God and let him mold thee. It's really bringing to thought that which Jeremiah speaks of, chapter 18. The vessel that he made of clay was marred in the hand of the potter, so he returned and made it again, another vessel, as seemed good to the potter to make it. A lovely picture, isn't it, of those skillful divine fingers working to mold the vessel that is you and the vessel that is me. And as those hands and those fingers guide the clay, lifting it, shaping it, molding it, whatever kind of vessel he would have it to be, under the sensitive touch of those fingers, something in the clay is felt. It's not the fault of the potter. The fault lies in the clay. There's a lump where the clay hasn't broken down yet. There's a lump that just isn't mixed like the, the rest of it is. And so he'll just flatten it down. And he'll knead out that lump. Then he'll begin again. And that's the process that our God is using with you and with me. And as the psalmist reflects upon this great noise of war coming from the north, 
He reflects on a situation that's enough to strike fear into the heart of any man. He considers, is it reasonable to expect peace, true peace, in that storm? Yes, he says, and the secret of that peace is to go into the sanctuary of God and enjoy the peace of the sanctuary. But then he thinks again and he says, how can I enjoy the peace of the sanctuary? If I haven't got a settled peace in my soul, am I fighting against God? Is there some way in which I'm resisting his will? It is a good time when the word of God is brought to bear just to let the scriptures shine that searchlight, that holy searchlight into my soul and expose myself to myself and to let me see whether there is some avenue of my life where I am resisting the will of God. And if I know that there's some part of my life that at the moment is off limits to the Lordship of Christ, if there's some part of me that is perhaps even unconsciously resisting the will of God, what a word is this to my soul. Be quiet. Be silent before thy God and let him mold thee. And if we're prepared in our souls simply to capitulate to the Lordship of Christ, recognize that God's way for me is best and allow him to mold me as he will, there comes into my soul a peace, a peace that is magnified in the peace of the sanctuary. And those who have peace in the soul and know the peace of the sanctuary are those who can have true peace in the storm. We've given thanks tonight for the grace that has saved us, the grace that has brought us into living vital relationship with God in Christ. We are accepted in the beloved. How truly we can say, the Lord of hosts is with us. The God of Jacob, ah, how patient he was with Jacob. Jacob was like that piece of clay that needed to be molded, wasn't he? How patient, how kind. The psalmist could have said, the God of Abraham is with us. But no, he said, the God of Jacob. For God dealt with Jacob so kindly, so purposefully, so firmly, yet so tenderly. The God of Jacob is with us. Let him mold us. It's a tremendous privilege in this tormented world still to have the freedom to sit under the sound of the word of God. A time when the Lord will speak, a time when we will hear his voice. We have the responsibility of letting him mold us so that we might know, no matter how things are moved outside, what it is to have peace in the soul, in the sanctuary, and in the storm. We trust that this searching meditation upon Psalm 46 has been uplifting and encouraging to you as a believer in Christ. Of course, if you don't know Christ as your Savior, this past half hour probably didn't provide you with any solace or encouragement at all. And if not, you need to obey the gospel message, acknowledge your sinfulness before a holy God, and accept His provision through Christ's death on the cross as the sinless substitute who took your place. If this or any of our Bible messages here at Anchor Point has made you aware of God's interest in you, or if you'd like some literature or a visit that would help you to understand these important truths, why don't you drop us a line at email at anchorpointradio.com. We'd love to hear from you. We're glad that you were able to join us at Anchor Point today. Anchor Point is sponsored by Christians who are meeting in various gospel halls. Each of these Christian assemblies holds gospel services every Sunday night, as well as regular prayer and Bible studies throughout the week. No collection is ever taken, and a very warm welcome awaits you. 
And if you've been challenged by today's message, would like to know more about the truth of the gospel, or of gathering under the name of our Lord Jesus Christ, following New Testament principles, please feel free to check out our website at anchorpointradio.com. There you will find more information, as well as the location, programs, and meeting schedules for the Gospel Hall nearest you. Also, feel free to take a look at other literature and audio offers at anchorpointradio.com, where you can also subscribe to our Anchor Point podcast. My name is John Sharp, and thank you once again for listening, and we invite you to join us again next week at the same time for Anchor Point, where we believe that in times like these, you need a Savior. And in times like these, you need an anchor.